0: We're going to be joined, we are joined, by Father Joseph Doust from um, from the Diocese of Rapid City. Good morning to you, Father. Good morning. Thank you it's for being doctor. on with us. I have to ask you, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Is it Doust or? Yeah. Okay, Daoust excellent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Doust is fine. We'll go with it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank
1: you so much for joining us. This is so exciting that um, you're going to be talking to us about a canonization that is before us. Uh, so exciting. So Thank you for being with us.
0: Yeah. So can you give us a little bit uh, about a background about Nicholas Black Elk and his uh, the process of canonization?
2: Well, uh, Nicholas Black Elk is a Lakota, Oglala Lakota Native American, who was born um, in Wyoming, basically in Indian territory, sometime in the 1860s. You don't know, there's some dispute about what they didn't get track of birthdays when. Mm. Uh, and he died in 1950. So he lived through the most traumatic part of uh, what was happening, uh, certainly to the Indians on the plains, Native Americans, uh, of their kind of uh, initial defeat of the U.S. Army, but then afterwards being defeated by the Army and forced onto reservations and what they call cultural genocide. In the process of that, he spent the first maybe about 40 years of his life as an Oglala Lakota holy man, uh, someone who did healings, a medicine man, And in 1904, when he was around 40 years, 38, 40 years old, he uh, was baptized Catholic here at the Holy Rosary Mission on Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. And soon thereafter, he became a catechist and spent about three decades working for Holy Rosary Mission as a catechist, um, being very effective at it, in fact. Hmm. And then the last decade or so of his life, he was kind of blind and plain. Uh, He'd had polio when he was young and so on, and he died in 1950. But throughout his life, he was a, both a practitioner and a believer in the, the native spirituality that had come to him through his ancestors. Hmm. The, the unique thing about him, I think, is is that he was able to combine uh the spirituality that he kind of received from his people's traditions with Catholicism in a marvelous and integrated way, rather than choosing one or the other.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, isn't it true, Father, that every spirituality uh, has at at least a hint of, of, I mean, Catholicism, of the way that God makes himself known and present to us, right? I mean, the, 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 the Second Vatican Council talks about how there are saving elements outside of the visible, physical Catholic Church, but all of those elements belong to the Church, and they lead back toward the Church, right?
2: Right. The, uh, they talk about the seeds of the Word that were planted. Because wherever there have been human beings, God has been present.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if
2: God has you know, spent 10,000 or 30,000 years here before the missionaries arrived, God's effect is in the people. Like any culture, including ours, uh, Western culture, there are always defects in any culture, so it isn't like pure God, but God can be found in it. And that's really the exciting thing about this cause, I think, is that Mm -hmm. it's the Church having to recognize some of those seeds of the Word, which not only help the Lakota, but can now help the universal Church.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Father, how long has, has uh, Nicholas Black Elk's cause for canonization been in process, and what started that all off?
2: Well, it really started with the canonization of Catriona uh, Ticaclusta in Rome. Some uh, people there said, well, what about Black Elk? that came back, and then they started as a petition drive and everything else. And back in March in 2016, there were over 1,600 petitions for his canonization, uh they had been gathered uh, they were largely among Native Americans all over the United States, but they also included lots of other people, including international people hmm. who were interested in this cause. well those were presented to the bishop of Rapid City, which is where the Holy Rosary Mission and Pine Ridge Indian Reservation are. Um, the ones actually doing the presenting were descendants of Black Elf, hmm. okay. but the petitions were from many others. When the cause was officially opened by the bishop In 2017, in October, we had a Mass here. Okay. With permission of the U.S. Bishops in the Vatican, we became Servant of God, Nicholas Black Elk.
0: Wow.
1: So with with the canonization process, I'm I'm a bit familiar, um, you know, because uh, my mother-in-law's miracle cure was recognized for the beatification of a saint. Have there Mm -hmm. been uh, miracles associated with black elk?
2: Well, uh, we have people who have written in to the bishop or to uh, myself about, you know, I had a miracle. Uh, as far as uh, where things are, none of those would count yet.
1: Mm. Okay. Because
2: until the Vatican declares him venerable, right. we finished the local cause of, of uh, Nicholas Blackout here, the diocesan phase. Mm-hmm. We successfully completed that and closed it two weeks ago and sent everything to Rome. Beautiful. so rome has to parse all that for about a year typically and then hopefully the pope would declare uh, nicholas venerable then the miracles would count if they happen and of course that's not under our control
1: right and but the investigation process has begun on certain miracles then
0: S- so father um you know we- Janine and I may have some familiarity with the process of canonization. You mentioned a couple of components, but could you briefly overall overview the whole canonization process that that one would go through on their way to sainthood? So, uh
2: Someone has to open the cause by way of petition. Technically speaking, here it ended up being the bishop, but it was because of the sixteen hundred petitions he received. So, mm. somebody yeah. petitions <laughs> to open a cause, and the a, a bishop of the place where the person died has to say look around, talk to people, see that, yeah, this looks like it could be good one, mm-hmm. and then open the cause with the permission of the American bishops and of the Vatican. They're not giving approval to the whole thing, yet they're just saying, this looks, this doesn't look like it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, once the cause opens, then you have to do all of this investigation. You have to get witnesses to the holiness. You have to get the Historical Commission to look at all the archives. You have to get a Theological Commission to examine the writings. Mm -hmm. All that stuff has been what's going on since October of 2017. Then that, when the local phase, the diocesan phase is complete, you have to send everything to Rome, and that's what we just did two weeks ago. Rome examines it, and it recommends to the Pope, or doesn't, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes, this man really looks holy, there's real evidence that he's regarded as holy, and that people pray to him, that have devotion to him. After he's venerable, then... If a miracle happens and is uh, investigated and affirmed by the Vatican as being solely due to the intercession of in this case, Nicholas Blackhawk, then he can be beatified. Okay. Then he waits for another miracle, and then he can be
0: canonized as a saint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right now he's referred to as Servant of God, right? Right. And that began when the diocesan phase opened? Is that a? When he
2: was the approval, once the Vatican approved the opening of the local college. Okay. Right.
0: Okay.
1: Wow. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, it's something that um, you know God gives us saints as examples of how we live our own lives, but then we're also all called to be saints, and that's why these holy men and women that the Vatican recognizes are so important uh, for us in our daily lives.
0: Father, we're coming to the end here, but I want to ask, where can people find out more about Nicholas Black Elk? Can hear, you know, discover more about his story?
2: Sure. Well, first of all, they can contact the Office of Native Ministries of the Diocese, Rapid City Diocese. Okay. Or brochures and book cards and things like that. Okay. Uh, probably the most important book that really talks about his Catholic as well as lakota life, because the popular books out there, Black Elk Speaks, for instance. Or the sacred pipe merely give his Lakota traditional prior to 1900 life, which is valid, but only predators. Books by Michael Stelsenkamp, a Jesuit anthropologist who came out and interviewed a lot of people on the reservation back in the 1970s who knew him and found out that he was remembered not as this famous medicine man, but as this
0: holy Mm. practitioner of both Lakota and Catholic. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, Father, I I really want to take thank you for taking time to be on with us right now, but also especially for forwarding his cause and giving this great example mm-hmm. uh, to the Native American people of our country of what you know what it means to be holy, or or how how accessible that is of you know growing in deeper relationship with the Lord God. So thank you so much mm-hmm. for the work you're doing, Father. Thank you. Thank right. you, Father. And,
2: uh, servant of God Nicholas Blackout,
0: pray for us. Pray for us. Amen. Yes.